Looking to find out more about sport teams and how they promote their teams with hashtag campaigns? The New Media Hut is the podcast for you, as Christian Castro brings you a weekly guest speaker to find out how they came across their favorite sports teams through hashtag campaigns. And now, here's your host, Christian Castro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the fifth episode of Media Hut. I'm your host, Christian Castro, and today's guest speaker will feature freshman sports communications major, McLean Tadlock. Topics will include hashtag campaigns for the Major League Soccer team, Atlanta United, and McLean on how he stays connected to his favorite team on social media. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. We took a view that why not be the first club to get young players, you know, coming up to their prime from top clubs and let's do it like they do it in the rest of the world. So Hector Vialba, 22 years old, Miguel Almiron, 22 years old, Joseph Martinez, 23 years old. Let's be fast, let's be fluid, let's be attack-minded, let's be exciting for the fans. But we needed experience as well. So then we looked for experience from MLS because the MLS is different. You are playing on different surfaces. You've got time zone changes when you're traveling. It's a hard league, it's a long season. You know, it's hot, it's cold, the travel, uh, you, you know, you cover a lot of ground. Um, so you need a player that's durable, you need a guy that's hungry and he can adapt. So that's why we went after players like Jeff Lorenowitz, Michael Parkhurst, so that we had that blend of MLS experience and savvy veterans together with young, exciting talent. The teams I've been involved in previously, when we have done well, we've had that balance of the youth and experience and it tends to work quite well. Our job as older players or veterans to, is to communicate and communicate well with the young guys and let them know what's expected of them. Quite a few rookies and quite a few veterans and it, it's a good mix that we can uh, bring a little bit of youth into it and at the same time be able to learn from the veterans who have that experience to be able to, uh, to help us out and be able to know what it's like to be able to compete at such a high level. Atlanta is our city. Our hustle began here. In the shade of peace trees, our passion grew into glory. From Wildwood to Edgewood, the skyline to the tree line, Atlanta, the city inside the forest. We're powered by it, united within it. We were born from the ashes, baptized in the green. This season, we take on a new challenge. We will protect the pitch, protect the A, and protect our forests. This city raised us, so this city we fight for. This is Atlanta. This is the city in the forest.
Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the fifth episode of Media Hut. I'm your host, Christian Castro. Alongside me in the studio is freshman sports communications major, McLean Tadlock. How you doing, McLean? I'm great. All right, McLean, I heard you're a big Atlanta United fan. How did you get involved in kind of your first interaction with Atlanta United? Yeah, so unfortunately, I did not grow up in a soccer family. My house, it was American football, basketball, and baseball, and that was pretty much it. And the only relationship I had with soccer was um, I played at my in my church league in fourth grade, and eventually I decided I wanted to play flag football, played that for the rest of, played that in fifth grade, and then all of middle school, and just didn't come back to soccer and then found out about Atlanta United when they had first announced, when MLS had first announced that the club was coming in like 2014. Right. And then uh, club debuted in 2017, and I just kind of started, I was like, you know what, I'm going to try to get into soccer. And so I ended up getting into it, and that actually led to me playing for my high school soccer team. And so that's kind of how it all started, and also... A guy that was in my carpool in elementary school, he uh, he was a big Manchester United fan. Right. And so he kind of first introduced me to soccer and European soccer and all that, right? Yeah. And so I I watched, I remember watching, I think it was Swansea, United versus Swansea. And they, um, I think, I'm pretty sure Rooney was still playing for him and um, just watched the game. And it was, it was kind of cool, but didn't really fall in love with the game until 2017. Right, when Atlanta United was first interested, introduced yeah. into the MLS League, yes. and they were kind of the new extensions that were added to the MLS. And it didn't take long for them to be uh, acquainted and, you know, kind of get the city as we, we sold out a lot of games during those 2017. Yeah. We had a lot of international players on that roster as well. Yeah. And still to this day, still uh, Joseph Martinez is still on that roster. I mean, he's well known across yeah. Atlanta United for his goal scoring and producing such great plays for us over the years and not a lot of people know this and not a lot of people count it but they they don't count that the the Atlanta curse was broken until the Atlanta Braves won the World Series previously in uh, 2021 but yeah I think it was I believe it was 2018 it took a year of us being in there that they finally broke the Atlanta curse that you know we haven't won a title in Atlanta since 1995 which is such a long time yeah and where were you at when, when you first heard about, you know, Atlanta United and them winning it all? So I was in my, uh, my dad refuses to allow us to call it a basement because it's not a, it's like, it's <laughs> nice down there. He calls but, it more the man cave or, or something? the terrace is what he says, but I was down there. He walking. calls it the terrace? Yes. <laughs> That's a funny name for a, a, a hangout. Yeah. So I was down there watching it on the big screen and, um, I remember, well, back up. So um, I I did not go to my first game until 2018, and I was actually at the first leg against, the first leg here in Atlanta against New York, in which we won 3-0, and then New York won the second leg 1-0, so we won 3-1 on aggregate. And that was... That was like a, that was a birthday present for me, and so that was an amazing game. And the fact that we had never beaten them in four or five previous tries that w- that kind of led to you know the rest of the season and um, those final two games. Right, like the their momentum kind of shifted after yeah. they weren't a, 
able to beat you know New York City FC after those four previous times that you talked about, yeah. and it you know um, I want to say the word skyrocketed and yeah. you know, everything just kind of came into fruition for them after those games. It was great to see that run. I I just remember one player I knew and I followed and I saw him in the Premier League was Guzan. He wasn't really getting too much time, but yeah. then came as our goalkeeper really owning and take the ownership of Atlanta United on the whole defensive side because obviously on the offensive side it was Joseph Martinez and Almiron who did all the work there and then we lost Almiron to uh, the Premier League when he joined in Newcastle when they were promoted up but hopefully he's doing well I haven't really kept up with them but it's nice to know that MLS players MLS in Atlanta United has followed that style and it seems to work out for them and these young players in order to build them up and then if they're ready to still stay they'll stay with us if not they'll go on to bigger and better harder leagues and compete but it's nice to see Atlanta have a team in soccer that is good obviously you never want to have a team that's you know, I remember when I was I was excited about this starting up, but I didn't want it to end up like the hockey team, the Thrashers, yeah, the Atlanta Thrashers. And we would, unfortunately don't have a to- hockey team in the NHL, but we do have one for the, I'm pretty sure it's the Boston Bruins. Um, the minor, Gladiators. Yeah, the Gladiators, minor league system, the Atlanta Gladiators. Thank you, McLean. I appreciate that. So I want to ask you here today about Atlanta United. What is your interaction with them on social media? Do you follow them a specific page? Do you follow a specific fan page? Do you go on MLS.com or Twitter? How do you interact with them? So I follow the club, the official club pages on, on Twitter and Instagram. And then follow several. On Instagram, there's a fan page. It's got like 40... 4,000 followers, just Atlanta United fans, I think is what it's called. And then on Twitter, I follow a bunch of international supporters groups in England for the club. Um, There's one also in Sydney, Australia, and Sydney 17, I think is what it's called. And so it's it's really cool to see uh, how, you know, the brand has kind of gone all over the world and, you know, everybody started kind of not just getting into us as a club, but us as a league, and because right, I mean, yeah, you have you you're hitting the button right there. It Atlanta United has put MLS also on the map because it yeah. wasn't really as big. It was kind of known as the retirement league. Exactly, players like Wayne Rooney going there, and the likes of Zlatan Ibrahimovic who joined the LA Galaxy. So yeah, it was kind of nice to see Atlanta kind of create this competitive edge in the MLS also because it was for the longest time it always felt like it was the Seattle Sounders or Toronto FC you know the teams that had the already the the USA national team on different teams competing for each other to yeah. reach that MLS cup and now yeah. it's become more of an international brand as more international players are joining the MLS and it's just great to see for the sport yeah. of soccer and talking about international players I remember in the 2020 offseason leading up to 2020 season there were a lot of Liga Mekis players that came into MLS like Lucas Zellerayan for Columbus Chicharito who was who used to play for Liga Mekis but got transferred from I think it was Sevilla yes I think and you're then, right and um and a lot of people know if they listen to catch up with European uh football that Chicharito has been on the likes of Manchester United and yeah. Real Madrid very known well player yeah if you, follow, if you follow European soccer yeah and so it was that was kind of a really cool thing because there weren't previously a lot of Mexicans because, you know, everybody likes to say that Liga Mekis is the premier league of North America. And I really do believe that we may not be 
caught up with them yet, but our ceiling is higher than theirs. Our MLS's ceiling is higher than Liga Mackey's just because we're a younger league. We have more to grow. We have more places to grow. And Liga Mackey's is already kind of established and it's been a league for, for decades. And, um, you got that right there. Yeah, you're right. And it's, it's more of a soccer in the U S is not an outstanding sport compared to obviously football basketball one can even argue baseball too because it's been around longer as you say and to see international people coming in to support the mls as well yeah you know you have fans all around uh internationally to come support the mls and atlanta united and a lot of majority of atlanta united fans in atlanta are in fact latino yeah as well so exactly you kind of notice that as well and it just goes to show you that the sport really re- reaches worldwide and it doesn't matter. Fans will come all over just to exactly. come see Atlanta United play. So I kind of want to ask you here about a hashtag campaign that the Atlanta has, and it's called Unite and Conquer. Yeah. Do you know what that's about? Yes. Um, so we've had that since 2017 and just based off of our name, Atlanta United. But then Conquer is just like, you know, Conquer, Conquer MLS, Conquer North America. Hopefully one day the Champions League, Concacaf Champions League, right, and um, conquer everything that conquer every competition that we can. So that's kind of what it means to me. Other hashtags for the club that I really like, and I don't say this just because I was at the first leg against New York against the Red Bulls, but also just you know it led to us winning MLS Cup. But we gonna shine. That was that was our theme for the 2018 playoffs and. I remember when my parents and my, my childhood best friend, we got down to the stadium. They um, they had the We Gonna Shine scarf on the Falcons, on the Atlanta Falcons statue's neck, which they put out there for every game, which is really cool. And so it was, it was so cool to see. I, I had never seen anything like that. The, the Falcon statue outside, because, you know, obviously Atlanta United wasn't, you know, they haven't been in that stadium for too long. And we share that stadium. I mean, they share that stadium with uh, the Falcons. Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. And so they kind of put that, that scarf that you talked about on the Falcon statue just to show, like, hey, the Falcons got our back, too. Yeah. We got yeah, supporters. Because exactly. exactly. yeah. they don't really have a mascot as of right now. And it's more of, like, a brand and a a name that goes along with it yeah, exactly. and the fans. Because our fans are our mascots. That's, like that's the way I like to think about it, yeah. The other thing, and he's not really a mascot, but the thing is two years ago when we signed the, uh, partnered with American Vet Dogs to train a uh, service dog that would go to a, dis- to a disabled veteran, that was really cool. First dog's name was Spike, and unfortunately I read on the website that he didn't pass his physical exam, so he just became like, a regular house dog, but now they have a new one. I think he's a black lab named King, and that's just kind of become sort sort of like a mascot, but also it's for a good cause to help veterans that, you know, need support from a dog to, like, help them with their daily lives and whatever. So that's that's really cool. That right, they, and exactly. And, it, and to speak more about helping others and being united and conquering with this hashtag campaign, they, this campaign actually goes further than that. It's not only for the fans, but it's also for the Unite and Conquer Cancer Campaign's mission. Yes. And it's to yeah. give a voice to children and young adults that are fighting or have survived their battle with cancer. Yeah. And as we know, 
cancer is one of those bad things. Unfortunately, I'm one of my family members was a victim to that. My uncle did pass away in 2017, so yeah, it was nice to see that. that. Yeah, it's okay. It happens. It's cancer's a a real thing, and it's a yeah. deadly, deadly thing that just happens to some people. And yeah, but it's unfortunate, and it's nice to see that uh, Atlanta supports uh, cancer research, and most of their money is donated uh, right into cancer research, and yeah. it's saying that you have a family unite and conquer together to get through battles such as cancer. And it's not just us, but it's it's the whole league. Like at all of September you have they put the gold ribbons on the on the kits and right. everybody changes their gold nets and they're all gold for the entire month of September. Sort of like what the NFL does during October with Breast Cancer Awareness Month, where everybody is in pink for that whole month. For MLS, everybody's in gold for all of September, and it's just, it's a really cool campaign to just, like like you said, spread awareness for childhood cancer, and it's it's a really cool thing that they do, and so. Right, exactly, and it's, it's, it's such a great thing that, as I said in a previous episode, that Arthur Blank, the owner of the Falcons and in Atlanta United, is such a great owner that vouches great for our city all all around in sports and for the city of Atlanta itself. Yes, he, Another yeah. thing I wanted to get on to talk about was before we have just enough time to is the forest campaign that I played a video early on in this podcast. It's the new yeah. forest kits and Atlanta said, this is the city that raised us, the city we fight for. This is the city in the forest. And then they introduced this, the forest kits. Have you seen the forest kits and what do you think about those kits? So I haven't seen it in person, but I I, w- I did watch the live stream on YouTube when they had the kit reveal at Piedmont Park in Metro Atlanta or wherever it was. And so when I originally saw it, it didn't, I saw leaks of it on footyheadlines.com. Right. The first leak did not have the design on it. It was just the mint green with the dark green trim. And I, I commented at somebody on Twitter and said, I, I don't. I'm not so sure about this because in the past they've always find they've always found a way to make the secondary kits tie into something with the city or just the club like 2017 with the inaugural secondary kit it was just gray with you know red trim one of our colors is red and then the king peach kit uh the next year with to represent the peach state of Georgia and then Two, then for the last two years, the King's kit, which was white with gold trim, and it just, everything always seemed to, it just seemed to match. And so I was like, I don't, I don't really understand what the point of this is, because I like when they have a meaning behind it. And then they turned out it did have a meaning, and it just hadn't been revealed yet. But, you know, it's to help support, not only represent the city and the city's nickname, the city in the forest, but also to help raise awareness for um, trees and to prevent like the cutting down of trees and that sort of thing. So right, it's a, so we can have the right amount of oxygen for exactly. everybody and everything like that. But I got two pictures here, and I just want to quickly have your thoughts. I've already looked at the jersey, and I thought it looked very similar to the Portland Timbers yeah. away jersey. That's what I thought about it. But it kind of had a little mint to it, like as you said. Yeah. 
But here are the two pictures. I know for the audience members, they can't see right now. There's the Portland one. Yeah. And then um, here is Jackson Martinez. I mean, Joseph Martinez yeah. with the one, uh, the forest one. Yeah. And if for those listening out there, I recommend you look up Portland Timbers uh, away jersey and then look up the forest jerseys that Atlanta United has. They're very similar, honestly. Yeah. I, Except that one from, I don't think it's from this year, but that one from a few years ago, whenever it was, it's white with Charles is more mint. Yeah, it's kind of similar. The trim is definitely, the trim is definitely, you know, similar. But even with that, I still, I still like it now that I understand the meaning behind it. I would say like, you know, how Braves country has their thing. We're, we're known as that. And how this city is not just, just city. It's more, it's a Southern city, but it's also a city that is in the city if that makes sense yeah after looking at it several times i've started to fall in love with it and i'll probably end up getting one hopefully this year yeah it's now now like i said now that i understand it it's a really cool kit i wouldn't say that it's as good as the last away kit the white with the gold trim right i i think it would probably be second like it's it's a really nice kit and i really like it it's 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 got a lot of cool meanings behind it and then for those of you that want to look it up it has like the neck tape on it says the city in the forest okay. with the dark green and so that that's really cool because a lot of a lot of teams put like something in the neck tape inside inside the jersey and so like some teams put the coordinates where their stadium is or and so we just did like city in the forest which you know fits really well so yeah i really like it and you're you're repping the king of atlanta uh atlanta united shirt right now you got joseph martinez there and he's the king of atlanta i mean scored so many goals for us i can't even come up with a number but i know it's a big number it's Uh, over 100 now and he's probably going to hit 100 in mls this year oh yeah definitely he's at 89 right now he's been dealing with some injuries fortunately fortunately he's coming back from those which is great to hear because we need him in the opening games that are coming on to us we're, I believe we're gonna. We're, we've already faced, as this podcast goes up, we've already faced Kansas City. So we'll see how those results fare out, and we'll hopefully be in the running. Because as of late, the last couple of years, we haven't been too deep into playoff runs. It's nice to see if we can head back to yeah. the MLS Cup final and yeah. possibly win another trophy. Definitely, we have. We definitely have a good team, and Almada seems like he's gonna contribute a lot with the roster, especially come Kansas City. Like you said, it's I think there's only two guys that were like influential guys from the twenty eight team and it's just Brad and Joseph and everybody else has moved on, retired. Right. Jeff Lorenowitz, Big Red, and then uh Parkey, who retired a year before Larry did. Even with that we still have some great players. Thank you again, freshman Sports communications major, McLean Tadlock. Thank you. Join me next Tuesday at 6 p.m. as I sit down with alumni Will Sargent to talk about hashtag campaigns involving the Boston Red Sox. Hope you enjoy the show, and you'll hear from me real soon. Hut out. Thank you for listening to another episode of Media Hut. Hope you tune in next Tuesday at 6 p.m. here on Media Hut, Simple Sports Campaigns for another rendition of great hashtag campaigns surrounding the world of sports with your host, Christian Castro.